from the strength release that is enough's enough with mother's eyes and uh just before that we heard uh electric boys all lips and hips and uh my co-host has finally arrived now i have i have not seen this guy in boy i'm gonna say almost six years already and uh, he, uh, he's, he's not unknown to some of you out there. If you, uh, followed metal sludge back in the, back in the heyday, you, you would have known this guy as Jim Bob Dorf <laughs> and, uh, he is here in the studio with me live. So, uh, what's going on there, Jim Bob? It's been a long time, man. It really has. And I, and time, time flies, I guess, but, um, I haven't been called Jim Bob in so long. Once in a while, I'll get somebody that, you know. It calls me that uh, for old times' sake or whatnot, kind of a, a nudge in the ribs. But you know, even the killer dwarfs don't call me that. You know, and <laughs> I've just been kind of out of that scene and doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, well, it's time to grow up. There, it's mm-hmm. uh, no longer can you be a metal sludge guy and be known as Jim Bob and do fun things. It's like, God damn it, you got to be serious now and earn a living and pay the bills and. You know, do what responsible grown-ups do. I was doing all that then, too. It was like a double life. It was, a you know, a part of your persona uh, image. And I didn't even craft it. I fell into that so quick. It was just like, if I had a thought about it and planned it and, you know, maybe had like a, a marketing team to work with they really, really, you know, think the, uh, the think it through what could be done with, with that, you know. I didn't want to get stuck with the name Jim Bob. Russ Dwarf called me that because... You know, my name, first name being James and uh, and the killer dwarfs with their all their monikers of uh, dwarf as a last name. Right. And just James Dwarf didn't have the ring. And he kept calling me Jim Bob because he's a big fan of the Waltons. Right. Of course. And that was all about it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, just just going way back, you know, we're talking we're talking the late 90s here, um, you know. Before I knew you as a person, uh, you know, you and I were corresponding back and forth uh, because, you know, both Chris and I had an active part in the very early days of Metal Sludge. That you did. And uh, we submitted things, uh, stories, uh, interviews, just material for Metal Sludge. And at the time, Metal Sludge was uh, anonymous and nobody knew who who was and you know, of course, everybody had, uh, you know, their own pet name. And, you know, that was, you know, the name that you used during your Metal Sludge days with Jim Bob Dorf. And you did a lot of, uh, you know, you were out there at various shows and doing the Metal Sludge captures. You know, taking the pictures, wearing the Metal Sludge shirts and going out there and interviewing various uh, music artists uh, live. And, uh, you know, just the spirit of the site with kind of it was kind of a little cult thing for people who were interested in that, you know, that genre. It was, it was very grassroots. I thought, uh, it was funny. And the true story of how I even came across metal sludge, I may have told you this before, but, uh, at the time I had been, um, I've been doing websites for about four years professionally. So I was a veteran at this point. And like, 1999 yeah you know the web 2.0 wasn't even a thing yet they're starting to try to fix the having to have two different designs for two different browsers you know these that was a long time ago and i uh i did a lot of big projects real early and 
did very well, uh, both financially and professionally. I had a portfolio that freaking rocked, uh, you know, some national level stuff, but that was all corporate and it wasn't real fun. I happened to come across somebody who knew, um, killer dwarfs and they were looking for someone to do, uh, some web work, both as a tribute, to killer dwarfs, which were inactive at the time. And Russ dwarfs project band, Penny black. He had recorded an album and it was ready to come out. And, uh, I was such a fan of those guys when I was a kid that it was like, really? Uh, yeah, I'm your guy, you know, let's do it. <laughs> and I, I just did it kind of of a labor of love yeah of course i get it you know i was doing a lot of higher ed oriented marketing websites at the time and it, you know it pays the bills but it was, wasn't creative and it wasn't fun this part of music is what i grew up with and uh killer dwarfs were like my little band man they're uh everybody who saw the keep the spirit alive video we all watched the you know uh, metal mania or what what they call it at the time it was the after school it was like hard 30 or something yeah exactly and uh that video was on there that guy in the crate it was everybody in the bus is talking about it you know <laughs> and like cool you know and bon jovi and like europe and such were like a poison they were the popular hair metal bands at the time and i thought these guys were as good or better and there were a lot of other bands that i kind of liked we had z-rock that we could pick up uh, yeah, they were they broadcast out of Texas. They did, and they, that was like that was my shit. Now I'm listening to like King Diamond and Y&T, and just really expanding, you know, the horizons of these bands that didn't get top forty airplay, but were were niche. They were gaining in popularity. Um, so back to '99, I was just jumped to do. Let me do your web stuff, man. This is cool. They they flew me up to meet me. Uh, you know, treated me like family, and I'm like this guy I was watching on. MTV, yeah, had all his albums, and you know, here he is, freaking hanging out at the kitchen table with me, going, yeah, well, and like he would start and talk about a web project, and he's like, I get to know each other, you know, how, what do you do, all that, you know, we became fast friends, like real friends, real quick, and and spent a lot of time online and dialoguing. I was a frequent visitor up there, um, so we built the site and launched it and tried to get press for it, and uh, I had some online press experience but not in that music world and so i'm like okay what are the big sites and magazines that promote this stuff i did a press release i you know out of my you know my home office and not doing anything but just trying to get word out there nobody gave a hoot about killer dwarfs website launching <laughs> except this little site that I found was like a geo city site that right. maybe they got a domain for it's geo shitties. Oh, it was like red text in the black background, <laughs> right? Every design faux pas. I'm like, but you know, I'm like, they covered this stuff and then I'm like, okay, they were on my list to send a press release to. Well, I sent it to them. They carried the press release. It was a couple of days later and they mocked on it like, woohoo, big news this week. Killer Dwarfs launched a, launch a website. But it was funny. It was, and it gave the press and, and then some other things started picking it up. But they were the first and only thing that gave a hoot about that. And they're like, hey, let's do a 20 questions with Russ. And I didn't even know what 20 questions was. Right. I started, I spent like a whole night just uh, entranced with the site, reading this content, going, who the fuck are these guys they listen to these freaking like z-rock kind of bands right like king cobra and shit and they do interviews with like the drummer or whatever for 
uh, you know, uh, dirty looks or something, you know, something that was really not super popular. But if you were into that music, you kind of knew. Yeah. If you knew the name of the drummer for dirty looks and you'd be like, all right, let's see where they're asking. And they're fucking ripping on the guy. And it's the only press he's probably gotten in 15 years or at so at the time. And, uh, you know, I thought it was genius. I'm like, this is fucking funny. They're just mocking on this, but they're celebrating it too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to think. It was like goes through the darkness when they came out. Are they celebrating this music or are they making fun of it? Is this for real? And, uh, you know, they did an interview with Russ. They did their scavenger hunt. And I'm just like, it was summer. I had a lot of downtime. Um, and I'm like, I looked through their list of things on the scavenger hunt. I'm like, I already got a lot of this shit. I had this stuff hanging up in my bedroom when I was, uh, you know, a teenager. And, you know, I've got all in boxes in my basement, but they were like, like, uh, there's a matchbook from, uh, uh, the dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale, you know, little things like that. I happen to have one. Um, I'm like, dude, I got all this stuff. And the other stuff was like, I could get that. I could get a Hooters uniform. I could get a stand up Mandy Moore from a record store, you know? <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, I had fun with it. I had I, other friends involved. I'm like, I'm doing the scavenger hunt. I wasn't so driven to win it as much as just make a good effort at it. You know, it looked like fun. And, uh, I like scavenger hunts. I hadn't been on one since I was like a preteen, you know, but this is a raunchy one. So. Right. Of course. And I sent it and I won the scavenger hunt, you know, and I'm like, Ooh, and they started doing the sludgeaholic of the month as like these top fans at the time. And, uh, they had somebody, I think his name is Gilly, some guy from Texas. He was sending a lot of captures, uh, and some of them were just funny and he was like into it. Okay. Um, I think they sent me a shirt for winning a scavenger hunt and I started getting captures. I'm like, yeah, I'll go out to some washed up hair band shows. They were making the comeback on the local bar circuit. So like in this little town and right in this area, I don't have to drive up the you know, north side of Chicago or down in Indianapolis to see somebody like, you know, Mike Tramp. Yeah. Or LA or, guns or L- enough's enough. Yeah. One version of them. Yeah. You know, or, uh, it was just kind of cool that there was this resurgence and, and people that were in my age group now were, uh, probably pushing 30 or 30 something. They had disposable income, had their structure, you know, have maybe have kids. They go out on the weekend. What do you want to do? Now they can afford to go see, you know, you can't afford to go see Paul McCartney or Rolling Stones and pay, you know, $600 a ticket. But Hey, there's a $5 door charge to see like a rhino bucket at the you know bar <laughs> up the street. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were cool. Let's go. You're going out to some guys are into sports and they go to sports bars and watch games. And some guys are in the, you know, uh, spending money to get turned on by strippers. And so they go to strip clubs, but and I'm like, I'd rather go watch a band. I like live music. And, yeah, sure. And, uh, it was cool seeing bands that I saw maybe when I was a kid now and 15, 20 years later at the time and they're fat and bald and, and uh, <laughs> you know, they're still having the drama and I saw it going on in metal sludge cat, you know, encapsulated on that and just mocked at the, the pompousness that some people still had. Yeah. And some people didn't, they were humble and they took themselves seriously and they're just happy to be doing it. And you can tell the difference, but you know, the people with a prima donna attitude that didn't have a reason for it. That's just, it's funny to watch cause they, 
you know, they had meltdowns and real public about it. This guy's got, you know, some, some real management of emotional issues, you know, (laughs) problems doing that. Right. Um, metal sludge was, was cool. It just, I became involved from there because they were like, Hey, you want to, are you going to the warrant show in your town? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) It was, uh, it was December 2000. And, uh, it had been about a year of interacting with Metal Sludge. Sometimes they'd be like, hey, we're going to you know, get an anonymous email. We've got uh, questions for, uh, they were trying to pull together questions for somebody they were interviewing. And got any questions for Lizzie Borden or whatnot? And like, yeah, you know, ask him this or that. I'd know one or two things. Maybe I would always have wanted to ask Lizzie Borden or, you know, Juan Crochet or whoever. And it was just fun. It was kind of a, um, you know, a hobby that that just had a culture around it that I just fell into completely by accident, trying to get press, and then it just it kind of skyrocketed from there. You know, the band I listened to when I was a kid are flying me up just to party on New Year's Eve. You know, <laughs> okay, I'll go up there, sure. and then you know, and, and then they're like. We're trying to get Janie to do these questions. Right. Probably won't happen, but maybe you could pull it off. We can't get them in an email. You kind of have to ambush them. Here's some questions. Good luck. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And so it was up at uh, McCool's. I think it was called McCool's then. Yeah, yeah. Up in uh, Portage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, It's not far from here. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I had arranged my schedule to go on a weeknight to go see warrant that and i saw warrant and i think on the doggy dog tour at the star plaza in maryville which is you know a nice smaller venue but uh at three thousand seater now i was right up on the front on the stage you know i saw Janie kind of before he started to fall apart he was really good you know and and really seasoned by that album i know they had to scale down the from arenas to like these you know smaller yeah, theaters yeah but, you know, it was neat to see that close and personal. And so now, I, you know, I haven't been following Janie Lane since, or Warrant since, you know, it had been almost 10 years, and 8 years since I gave a hoot. All right, I'll go see Warrant there, all right, you know. Who goes to see Warrant on like a Tuesday night in the middle of December, you know. I know they had a draw, and I was at this bar, and there's people there. I'm all by myself. I ran into some people I knew, you know, but I was kind of trying to keep it together. And I watched the show. I kind of started asking around and see somebody in the soundboard or whatever. And I'm not a very aggressive person, you know, I'm not real pushy. I was just like, Hey, uh, you know, I got some questions for Jeannie and maybe he'd want to answer them. And somebody got their road manager and the road manager came and sat down. He's like, Hey, for metal sludge and i'm like they sent me some questions to try to answer them and he's like i'll talk to him hold on and, and he was into it that night he's like man they keep bashing on me i don't know what the <laughs> fuck you know i had a moment i had just met him he's like we'll do it uh like i gotta do the you know the, the meet and greets and stuff and we'll, we'll do it over at the at the hotel so i'm going with a caravan the following warrant and a you know van and you know they had their road, their street team. The street team was a big deal at that point. They were like, they 
messed with some poll or something and the, the webmasters of some site i don't even remember what it was but they were getting bashed on on metal sludge and yeah i'm like yeah they're just they were very defensive about janie you know janie himself was just like hey you know give me a chance to say my piece here you know <laughs> they keep making fun of me and, and, I, and i you know i don't have a recourse so he wanted to hear the questions and thought maybe he was a sport about it and i didn't you know, I thought by the time that I got around to talking to him, we wouldn't, I, it was not going to happen. I'd be like, yeah, he wouldn't do it. I went and saw Warrant. I got a bunch of Heinekens at a bar on a Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to work kind of tired the next day and sit at a desk doing university web pages. But the fact that he was into it and I, you know, I, the place isn't like a real nice venue. They have like a storage room that, doubles as a green room what's left of the catering tray and i'm in this room with janie and he's you know i'm like yeah it's him he's kind of has an age grace has he kind <laughs> of looks tore up but he was nice and i told him i was the the killer dwarfs webmaster i built their site he had great things to say about killer dwarfs he's like oh the dude just lit up and he just went on oh, man dirty weapons great album and he's naming songs. I mean, the dude liked that band and knew the songs, you know, the album tracks. Um, and he, I did the interview, and, and it pulled it off, and I didn't expect that to happen. That single event took me from just being some, you know, capture guy to pff, now people are like, dude, you're fucking amazing, you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm thrown into rock press. Sludge was like, dude, that was great we want you to do some other stuff. You know, you, you did, there's people that they just, they are not on email. We got to do it in audio, send somebody out and they'll talk to them. So you want to do that when they go through your area. Uh, they had me go after CC DeVille who had torn up questions. Uh, his manager tore up questions or took a tape or something. Didn't want him answering it. And it was a big deal. And they sent me out to talk to him again. And that was the second time I went out on behalf of metal sludge. It was, like two weeks after the Janie Lane interview went up, and I, you know, I walked into there and everybody knew who I was, <laughs> and like I was at JJ Kelly's in Lansing on like a Tuesday night, you know. I'm like, okay, here I am going out to see, you know, bands I saw on arena tours when I was a teenager and some little bar that I've been to, you know, so many times. Um, it, it was amazing. It just, it went from there. I had an amazing experience that people just don't get to have. Yeah, I, sure. Absolutely. I have stories for days that make straight hair go curly, you know, <laughs> excesses and thrown in a little bit of taste of fame and some of the rock star type stuff. And I didn't even play music, you know, and just was doing some interviews. Right. Well, um, you know, I, I think you probably remember one of the most infamous uh, metal sludge um, debacles or, or uh, dramas, I guess, is when uh, when Poison was back on the rise and I was able to uh, sit down with C.C. DeVille. That was it. The, they took your tape. They took my tape. It comes back. I've done, I did a lot of drugs back in the 60s, so my memory doesn't work <laughs> so well anymore. But uh, I knew it was something like that. They, that's why they sent me to try to get it again Yeah, at Kelly's. And he didn't do it, but they he pulled me up on stage. I got pictures of that shit, you know, and it's fucking funny. You know, there are like 50 people there. 
but everybody was like just getting pictures with me the band members and stuff and i'm like fuck dude i'm like, like nobody you know put on a metal sludge shirt and go out <laughs> You know, within a couple of years, it was like, God, I don't even want to wear the shirt without like a jacket over or something, you know, and a hat because I couldn't walk through the parking lot without people wanting to get pictures and maybe kiss their babies and <laughs> sign their fucking boobs and shit. And, right. I mean, I'm kind of making fun of, of it, but it was really like that. Yeah, sure. I, I remember at the, at the height between like 98 and 2000 and say three. Yeah. Right around there. That that was a. You know that was like the pinnacle for that. I mean, it took off like a like a um, wildfire because you know the internet for the most part was still fairly new. It was, and uh, that was like one of the top sites on the internet because people weren't using the internet for business and research and this and that. Uh, Metal Sludge came along at a time when you gotta you kind of gotta uh, go with the. Um, the the uh rebirth of poison right you know because poison had been away for you know seven years or so and you know they started that whole poison tour where they were bringing other bands out like cinderella and Dokken and la guns and Make you know package. winger and you know all that and they were playing sheds and uh true. you know that was that was a you know they had a huge fan base that more or less was uh you know uh maligned for close to a decade very true. and metal sludge came along and people who were fans of that stuff they were oh hey there's metal sludge wow look at that you know and uh yeah you kind of rode that you know rode that to the top you you got in you know when it was fairly early and you know i started this show in 96 i got in i was doing the metal sludge song of the week right you know on this show uh, I emailed whoever it was. It was the anonymous email. Hey, I do this radio show and I'll do the metal sludge song of the week. So if you want to pick a song every week, I'll promote metal sludge. And I did that for, you know, three or four years, actually. Yeah, it was, I knew of you. You were still in Cleveland. I was. I saw pictures of you. I'm like, who's that guy? <laughs> then uh, here I ended up moving like two miles from you. <laughs> and you were kind of involved with them. Maybe a little earlier than I was, or you know, about you. You were doing. You had more street cred, and yeah, and uh, you know, I, nobody knew who I was or what I did or anything, and uh, you know what I did in real life. And I just popped here. Oh, I'm Killer Dwarf's webmaster. He must know something about yeah, sure websites. But you know, there's every washed up band started having. <laughs> I call them washed up. It's that's a rust dwarf term. Yeah, we're we're just as washed up as those guys. Why, you know, well, well, I, you tour? know. Well, speaking of rust dwarf, you know, I I you know went with you to that McCool's and saw Killer Dwarfs. Yeah, and uh, we saw the we saw Killer Dwarfs at McCool's, and then a year or two later, you actually brought Rust Dwarf right here to the studio. That's true, and he performed live with uh, you know here in the studio, and that was a wild night. I think that was one of the most. Um, I think that was one of the biggest catalysts to turning the show to kind of where it's at now. It was Rust Dwarf? Yeah, because it's his fault. Be, because it was uh, <laughs> we we turned it into almost a whole talk show. You know, it was less about actually just playing song after song after song and we were just sitting around and shooting the shit and cutting up and having a good time and russ had a good sense of humor and he played his tunes with his little backpacker martin yeah, backpacker little one. 
And, uh, you know, obviously you were here and Chris was on the other line and, you know, we were doing our thing and it, it was the funniest thing. So you want to take a phone call? Me? Yeah. yeah. Haley Kill Call, you're on the air. Yeah, Lou from the Lou. Hey, what's up, Lou from the Lou? Uh, just driving home from the game, pissed off like a motherfucker. God damn it, lost fucking three to two and fucking overtime. God damn it. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, though, uh, I was going to ask you, man, are you going to be uh, you're going to be traveling with Doc in some this summer, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be traveling with them. Well, I'm going. I'm going to be on the road the first three dates in March. It'll be uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. El Paso, Texas, and Midland, Texas, and then I'll be out there, you know, sporadically through the summer. Well, then in June, Dawkins going to be playing St. Louis, man. I was just calling to see if you're going to be uh, on the road with Don when uh, he he plays uh, in St. Louis. I believe it's June 7th. It's a Saturday. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see how the schedule lines up, Lou. I, I don't have any plans this minute. June's a little ways off, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's playing the uh, rock station down here, the KC uh, Pig Roast, and it's uh, <laughs> he's playing the main he's playing the main stage with uh, it's uh, Dokken, uh Tesla, Lita Ford, uh, and Alice Cooper. Okay, and then they got they got a second stage, and it's going to be Rat, uh, and and um, it's Rat Jack White's. Uh, uh, Jack, uh, Jack great Russell, white. Jack, Jack, Jack Russell's, Russell's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jack Russell's great white, uh, and, uh, Tom Kiefer. So it sounded like, you know, that's kind of your kind of crowd. So, uh, see if you're gonna make it down to the loo for that show. And, you know, I want to have that damn beer with you. All right. Well, I, I'll see what I can do, Lou. When, when the time gets closer, I'll, I'll see how things line up. And you know that now I want to make sure I go ahead and start gathering all of my uh all of my merchandise so I can give to you to get the Don to sign. I'm gonna have like a whole uh whole burlap sack of records and T shirts and cassettes and all that. Right, of you know, course. I, I know that that's how it works, you know. Multiple items, ten of the same thing. Sure. So But yeah, that's all I wanted to check on, man. Just uh you know, if you're gonna be coming down or not, but like I said, if you do Awesome, man. Uh, we can use one more white person in St. Louis. Uh, so. But, uh, all righty, man. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job. All right. So are you familiar with Lou from the Lou there, Jim? I feel like I've, I've uh, we spent time in prison. <laughs> Lou from the Lou is yeah, a character. And, uh, and it wasn't in this country. It was like Nicaragua or Belize in, in the early 1980s. Right. And, uh, you know, things were rough down there and we just, uh, we escaped like together and then, uh, uh, we swam across the Gulf of Mexico right? and, uh, and, and got to Key West. So U S soil, thank God and climb up in there. And then we get arrested by U S customs, try to get deported because we don't have any IDs. We were in prison. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't Lou from the Lou. That might've been somebody else, but right. I think that that's. I don't know. I told you, I stepped on that landmine in Nam, and I just haven't been right. <laughs> nice. It's hard to recall certain dates and sure. the timeline, and, but you know, too funny. Well, anyway, uh, our our adventures go way back uh, twenty years ago already. You and, and Lou from the Lou? No, you and I. 
Oh, it's been that long. That's you're right. God, I feel old. Um, <laughs> that was '99, and I when I first started, hadn't been around that long. I think yeah, it was all the, I think they yeah they launched in '98, and uh, so it was uh, as you know, it was it didn't go on and on. It was still you know I could read all the interviews in like one evening sitting in front of the computer, and uh, I, I don't believe I'd dial up anymore. But it was like. Maybe cable, cable modems were like a new thing. <laughs> it was in a test market area for it. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, so yeah, it has been 20 years. Yep. I spent, I would say, a good five years of my life, and probably a little bit more than that, but a good five years, very actively involved with Sludge as a part of my life. Sure. You know, either as a fan or some behind-the-scenes stuff or you know, intimately involved with its inner workings or whatever. Um and uh not a lot of people know about that uh i didn't want like it wasn't my baby it wasn't i didn't want to take credit for it i was happy to be a part yeah, of it yeah you were just you know you were heavily involved it kicked up a notch you know the fact that i was a pro web designer yeah. with very current skills at the time looking at the site you know i didn't even bring it to them I'm like dude these guys need a makeover you know they could kick this up a notch and look fucking tits and I could make it happen, and, and and then I was asked. It was almost like I, I just thought it, and then hey, you know what? You do websites, and, you know. Uh, some of it was uh, like advertising and being able to do ad management and do stuff to monetize the site, um, just to bring in income for it. Because I know that the traffic that that started to generate became very expensive uh, in terms of what bandwidth overcharges had to be paid. So. It went up from like, you know, you host a website for, you know, six ninety five a month. Yeah, but when you got that much traffic, you know, it wasn't CNN, but it was <laughs> it was a big, you know, it got bigger and bigger. It did. And, traffic and, and, and when Alexa came along and they were, you know, reporting website traffic, uh, Metal Sludge was always, you know, right there in the top, you know, 50. It was uh, by like 2002. Uh, it wasn't like I told anybody I didn't want credit. I just was happy to be involved. We started doing the themes. That was my idea. And you know, we, we skinned it. So the concept of skins and a template was still relatively new with static HTML pages at the time. But, you know, the thought was you don't have to design every single page, you know. I used something called server-side includes, which for me, I didn't have uh, a need to do something on that level on any of my commercial or corporate projects or through the university that I worked at, you know, and this was experimental for me. I got to use some new technology and I like to pick it apart and make it work, you know, and, and, uh, it was the technology for that. If this is going to be a higher traffic site and we need to grow with the traffic, you know, what can we do to plan ahead? And that was, that was cool. And then I'm like, Hey, we could skin these themes. We can change the look. I proposed it for like, I don't remember what it was, Halloween or, something let's do a, a halloween theme or you know and we had like 12 of them lined out and they were fun to do i'd sit in front of the computer and just basically do fucking tricked out art slapping genie lane's head on a you know a, a thanksgiving indian or or santa claus <laughs> right or right whatever you know and just my photoshop skills were, were pretty advanced then but i had a, a fun creative outlet to do that you know and and people had fun looking at it and, and, um, 
you know, I, I just, it was a point of pride. And then when Metal Sludge started to get um, coverage in, I think Maxim had a, a list of like cool 50 websites or something. And it was, it was on there and um, uh, Spin did an article and then Rolling Stone and Rolling Stone magazine gave Sludge props. That was like, fuck, that's big. And then I watched like the Tonight Show, turn it on. Scott Ian's on the Tonight Show, and he's wearing a metal sludge shirt, <laughs> you know. And uh, Ian Robinson hosting uh, the news on MTV too, and he's wearing a metal. Sludge yeah, I shirt. forgot about that guy. There was like I want to say it was Alien Ant Farm or Papa Roach or, or one of those bands that had kind of come out right at that time. And there's somebody in the crowd, crowd surfing, wearing a metal sludge shirt, and I'm like. I start seeing it everywhere. Yeah, you know? sure. It was a, it, it was just a hip kind of thing, you know. Even people that maybe didn't listen to that music so much, but got the humor of it and making fun of it. Almost, it was almost like a, what a Rolling Stone call it a Weisenheimer. I think I actually <laughs> looked up the definition of right. that word because of Rolling Stone. A Weisenheimer, it was like oh, they're just making fun, and, and you know, it's almost like. Statler and Waldorf in the, the balcony on the Muppet show. They're just fucking heckling everything, you yeah. know, keeping it real. <laughs> and it's funny. And in my sense of humor, I got like raunchy sense of humor. I didn't have an outlet for that. I had a very professional image and, you know, kept my nose clean, doing the right thing. And this was like a part of me that just you know, had an outlet. Yeah, sure. It's kind of like what, what this show does. Here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was a, uh, amazing experience uh, it's sad that you know uh it kind of didn't you know end the way that people who loved it did i don't you know i don't even know if i can talk about that i don't have any animosity towards anybody involved in that it was so long ago everybody's grown and moved on you know it is what it is i look at the good times i had the people i met the shit i did that i never would have imagined i'd be doing i you know, I tell people some stuff and they're like, the fuck, you know, partying with like Steven Adler, you know, and like falling out drunk with a guy. And just, it's just fucking funny. The, the stuff I did getting Janie Lane flipping me off and, and, uh, and at one show and then like fucking bringing me up on stage and hugging me on another. And like, this guy's bipolar. What the shit, man? He's a moody motherfucker. You know, getting to know people on a more personal level. These are people that I, you know, I had the albums. I had the the glossy magazines and shit when I was a teenager. And now I'm like, they're just, they're not gods. They're just regular people. But that's, you know, that's the image they had. And now they're trying to hold on or do something with what they have left, you know. Sure. I, there's no life for Jim Bob Dwarf after Metal Sludge. I still did stuff with Killer Dwarfs, but... I'm not their, you know, webmaster now. They have people local to them. I had, you know, I'm still friends with those people, uh, but not as involved as I was at a different point in life, you know. And we move on. I got my own stuff. I treasure experience. Russ Dwarf is a uh, a true friend uh, that I've known now 22 years. Yeah. That, you know, good people. You, know, you gravitate toward good people and you kind of reject the, the ones that are negative and not good for your, um, you know, you, you, you get, feel your emotions like getting turned to negative stuff just around them. They're, <laughs> everyone knows somebody like that. 
God, I can't stand being around that person. They're just grumpy all the time. I'm always pissed off after going to Thanksgiving dinner. You know, everybody has a relative or somebody in their life like that. Um, and uh, Jim Bob Dwarf after that, could I have gone into music press, done my own site, capitalized on that? You know some stuff that I don't know that we talk about on in the air. No, we, we behind the scenes. Yeah, of course. I don't know what the, you know, I have not even thought, I haven't looked at the site. I haven't thought about it. Sometimes I tell some stories to people and I don't go into too much detail. Um, I heard, overheard some people talking about, uh, I don't know, some, one of the package tours this summer. And like, you know who I really wish would go on that tour is, uh, I don't know, pick a random band, uh, uh, electric boys, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course. like, well, you know, I saw this guy or somebody I had interviewed or whatever. And I had a, a little story to tell about that. You know, and they're like, who the fuck are you? You know, but the VH1 appearances, you know, once VH1 started becoming interested in metal sludge, that was, that was a bond that was going to happen. That metal sludge had it. Um, oh yeah. You know, that, that was all right there. The merchandising opportunities. And it wasn't, it was a labor of love. It was a project to, the people who started that and the people who came to it to help build it were bands from that genre and the people that helped them or worked for them or loved them that just couldn't get press anywhere. That's what it was. You got no choice, but to answer these loaded questions and talk shit. And you know, some of those questions are pretty degrading. Yeah, absolutely. I was, you love it. Cause it's like, God, but I'm glad it's not me. So, you know, I just, I walked away. I took a different path in life. Uh, you know, I'm not angry about it anymore. I've let a lot of stuff go and that's just, you know, uh, the people that I met, including those behind the scenes that were good people, you know, we're still friends. We're still in touch. You know, we, it was something that we all shared. It'll never happen again like that. Um, you'd have to reinvent it and it'd have to be, you know, I, I look at like TMZ now and that's kind of a more, you know, broader, uh, version of what metal sludge yeah absolutely did. sure yeah, absolutely it's the same thing you know it's, it, it could add a show it could add a network you know <laughs> a pie in the sky and seeing stars in your eyes you know um makes you do things uh, i guess more impulsively or worried about somebody getting in on it that you know doesn't deserve to be <laughs> uh you know and those those kind of things cause paranoia and distrust among people especially in an anonymous site where nobody really knows anybody you know it's like the the kennedy assassination theories you know the shooters don't even know the other shooters you know yeah it's kind of like that it was like that for a while it's all in the open now i know pretty much all there is to know sure i just uh you know the fact that i'm here and talking to you now is directly attributed to the you know things that happened on metal sludge almost two decades ago yeah well, speaking of killer dwarfs and metal metal sludge mm-hmm. and all that, um, I think we'll take a short break. I, I got a text here of somebody who wants to call in and be a part of the show tonight. Hell yeah. So uh, I'll let you pick a killer dwarf song. You got something you like to hear? Um, when I was talking to Janie Lane in the in the storage room at McCool's with the, like in somebody's homemade Italian beef in a crock pot and a few vegetables left on the tray had been picked at. He said, "I like Last Laugh was his favorite song on Dirty Weapons. Okay. And that's a, that's a cool killer Doris, you know. 
mid glory days career song. All right. Well, we're going to take a break uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do some more. And we got uh, somebody wants to call in and be a part of the show tonight. So, uh, well, here it is. This is uh, Killer Doris from the Dirty Weapons release. And uh, this is the last laugh exclusively here on the Classic Metal Show. Howdy folks, this is Russ Dwarf of the Killer Dwarfs and you're banging your head with Neely on the Classic Metal Show on the World Wide Web. <laughs> 